Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. It is uh, Thursday, looking ahead to the game against uh, Northampton Town here at the Valley uh, in, the, in the next over the next hour. Joining me here uh, in the studio are Nathan Miller. How are you, Nathan? Yeah, living the dream, mate. You? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. And uh, joining the pair of us, Tom Williams. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, good. Thanks, Louis. So on tonight's show, we're going to talk about the signings, the positive-looking signings that are coming uh, throughout the day today, a couple of them. Uh, Jordan Bocarta and uh, McGuinness from uh, Kilmarnock. Uh, we're going to look back briefly at the uh, defeat uh, against Sean. We're going to talk about the fact that um, uh, Katrine Mayer has been, as broken on our show by uh, by Robin Nisbon on Sunday, I think Katrine Mayer has been uh, appointed to the FA Council and try and work out what that actually means and what, what it affects and talk about how the, uh, the reaction to that has been. Uh, and of course, we're going to find out what Bradley Pritchard is up to these days because we've got a in- bit of inside information on that one. And uh, we're going to look ahead to, to the game with Northampton Town. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, you can email us this evening, studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive as we look at as uh, we look back at Cheltenham, uh, look ahead to Northampton Town. I mean, let, let's start on the, the, the news of the day. It's, it's been a busy day for signings, lads. Yes, eventually. You know, we got there in the end. Um, obviously, the, the patience has uh, paid off that we've been uh, sort of given. Um, yeah, so two attacking... Players, um, which is sort of what we need, a bit of, bit of strength and depth. And uh, yeah, one of them looks like a rugby player, Brian Habana. So mm-hmm. hopefully he's got a bit of pace on him as well, apparently. So hopefully, same. But yeah, onwards and upwards. Yeah, I've seen seen clips of him from, from playing in Scotland. Um, I think Aberdeen and Kilmarnock, he got almost 100 caps, I think, for both of them. So he brings a lot of experience. Um, obviously, it's a different level. Champion, uh, sorry, League One. Or you'd argue maybe not that dissimilar to, to Scottish Premiership. But um, yeah, he's he's a big lad. He's got experience, and um, yeah, he's going to offer something different to a Jose, isn't he? And yeah, we just like Nathan said, we needed some strength in depth up front, and and we brought someone in who's got some some good experience, and hopefully we'll, we'll do that for us. I remember when when we were in League One, we ended up shipping um, uh, Agpo Soji to I think it was to Kilmarnock. So there, there is a chance that. You know that, that that level is the sort of thing that, that, that we could hope for. Yeah, I know people sort of joke or maybe mock the Scottish league, but perhaps those levels aren't that dissimilar, or at least there are similarities in the style of play. You know, the, the Premier League perhaps quite glitzy, glamoury, flash football, but but I think down in League One you don't have that. You know, you need people who are hard working, who are battling, who are prepared to sort of put their body on the line, and and he's going to do that from up front. And we've seen in those first two games we've struggled really to create. You know, great openings, and certainly, obviously, haven't scored. So, hopefully, he can add something different, and perhaps get on the end of, of some some wide balls from from Holmes or something like that, and, and get some goals. Yeah, and with um, with Lee Novak, I mean, he, he had his hand injured. Both both the strikers had missed time during preseason, which which is never ideal. Uh, Lee Novak missed out on Tuesday for his hand injury, but even without him, I think we needed just that extra, you know, big big uh, a striker who could challenge for the first team. So, I mean, you, you'd assume those two are our main strikers I mean we'll see with McGuinness obviously I've never seen him play so I don't, so I don't know but you'd assume those two are our main strikers but it's always useful to have an extra bit of quality to, to come off the bench Yeah you need you need competition for places you don't need uh, you don't want any player to sort of know that he's never really going to be dropped regardless of how he plays in the previous game or whatever so you know competition for places is always healthy it gives uh, Russell a headache um, I think obviously if, if the worst comes to the worst and we need a goalie. McGuinness can probably go in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's interestingly that most people probably don't know. He started off his career as a goalkeeper. Yeah, exactly. So 
But then again, another player who uh, started as a goalie, who's now a Premiership star, is that Moses Odebajo for Wolves. He, used to, he started as a goalie. Yeah. Yeah, he started he's as a goalie. He's not a bad player. Well. Harry Kane. Harry Kane, I was going to say. He yeah. did, did a spelling goal for Spurs. He didn't go as well as, as you'd hope. No. He's, a he's a world-class striker, so we could be hoping for more of the same. He also, uh, McGuinness, he went off to, um, to to the Euros with Northern Ireland. And Northern Ireland, one of the success stories for the British Isles. Yeah, I think... Um, I think from our point of view, you know, last year when, when a player got injured, we had the likes of Reza or Ahern Grant were coming in, maybe not getting the goals. And then as soon as that first team player was fit, they were straight back in the team. I think here, if you bring McGuinness off the bench for a couple of games or if Novak has to have a rest for injury and he gets a couple of goals, you're going to be confident in him then starting a few games. So, um, yeah, I think it adds that competition for places up front, which, you know, we've talked again and again and again over the last couple of years about squad depth. I still don't think it's great, but I think at least we're now getting couple of options in in certain areas and that's important it gives us another it gives us a plan b as well isn't it yeah. i mean if we're chasing a game and all you know we're trying to hold out for a win away from home and we want to take a jersey off and get someone to hold up the ball and that it's the sort of player that we probably needed so yeah i mean options are always great and numbers is what we're struggling with at the moment yeah uh it's, it's, a, it's a player that we've known we've been after for a, for a couple of weeks and uh uh Russell Slade said in his uh, press conference today, of talking about how he, there's, there's no, there's been no scattergun approach. He, he's, he's working hard on the players that he wants, and we, we've seen that so far. in the players that have come in, at all, you know, every single one of them, a player that we, that once they've come in, we've looked at them and go, yeah, that, that's the sort of player we need. Yeah, and every single one, he's got a detailed backstory about the, you know, the scouting or the the reason for chasing them. You know, that like he says, they're not scattergun. He's not just gone out and picked players because they're available or because they match a position. He's really put the time in, research players he wants. Like he, he alluded to in previous press conferences, he has been patient. He's waited to make sure he gets the player he wants rather than panicking, um, which I think we've been guilty of in, in the last few years. Um, and yeah, he is slowly building a much more competitive squad. I know the first two results wouldn't bear that out yet, but it takes time to form. And the, as I say, that squad depth isn't still there yet, but that first eleven is looking a lot stronger now, and mm. they are going to click at some point. But it is going to take a bit of time, perhaps. So I think it was it was like four or five signings he was talking about um, after late in Orient. Um, yeah. Since then, we've had two or three in, so I guess we're slowly getting towards what what he wants, and, and that's and that's important. Yeah, we're we're slowly getting there. We was all crying for it last year. You know, we was just getting a load of nobodies in and just getting sticky plasters to patch it over but this year you know we always said you know the old Kirbishly way is making sure he, he bought into the club and the fabric of the club and, and you know and that's what Russell seems to be trying to instil which is what we all wanted I know it's probably taken a bit longer than we anticipated but you know times do happen and goalposts do change um, throughout so but yeah no it's looking positive unless um, hopefully there's a couple more but um, yeah good good signs from today yeah, of course, uh, they're not the only signing we made today. Let us know, by the way, what you make what you make of the signings that have come in today. Tweet us at Channel Live. We weren't uh, we weren't particularly interactive last week because it was the first show. We had a lot to talk about tonight. We'd love to hear from you guys, so you can tweet us at Channel Live. We can email us studio at channelnlive.co.uk. Let us know what you've made of uh, of today's signings. The second of which uh, was confirmed by Sven Klaas, uh, the uh, Belgian journalist who's, who's always got some very good uh, contacts uh, around Charlton. Uh, and he confirmed that the signing of Jordan Botarka, Botarka yeah. from from Leeds, uh, a, a tricky winger. Um, we, we've said it before. You always, you always, when you, you click on the story that the other team publishes about the player leaving, just to get a general gauge of what mm. the fans think, and they're all gutted that they're missing out on him for a year because. Whereas I think he made twenty odd appearances last last season for Leeds, it sounds like he's a very promising and exciting winger. Yeah, he's he's a different sort of mould to uh, let's say Callum Harriet. You know, Callum Harriet was quite slight and quite tricky, whereas Jordan's this similar, but he's a lot more powerful. Um, he's obviously built a bit stronger, and uh, yeah, I mean, he can obviously run at players again. Another sort of dimension to our sort of play. So you know, we've got Holmes that can run at people who likes to cut inside. Um, well, we didn't really have that out-and-out out winger who sort of hugs a touchline and likes to take people on down the byline. So, again, puts a bit of pace onto the... Uh, even if he comes off the bench, that bit of pace and that impetus can, again, is another plan. But, um, yeah, I think he'd be... It'd be a decent acquisition. And he's another, alone. yeah, he's, he's another one of those positions that, that we, we need to finish. But especially after Callum did go, um, I think anyone who saw the the game at uh, at Berry last mm. Saturday would, would accept that. I think of, of the wing, of of the midfielders, especially in that first half, Ricky Holmes was the only one really making any uh, attacking moves with the ball. When Lookman came on, he went up front. But we, all, I mean, we all know he can play on the left wing as well. 
Um, uh, I think he did so on Saturday on uh, Tuesday. Uh, but it's, it's another it's another uh, position that we felt we were slightly light in, and, and you need you need good wingers at this level. And someone who's as exciting potentially. I mean, there's there's skill videos going around of, of Bacardi, and he looks <laughs> he looks pretty tasty. <laughs> yeah, and again, he, he just brings that squad depth there. So in previous years, where or even like on uh, last Saturday when when Jacko had to play out on, out wide. Here we've got someone along with Holmes and along with Lookman, you know, perhaps more specialist in that position. So rather than having to rely on a youth player, rely on someone to play slightly out of position, we're able to just put someone straight in there and we know that they're going to be able to do that job effectively. So, yeah, he's got a bit of experience in this league. I think it was Portugal he did well in that originally got Leeds sort of interested in him in the first place. So, yeah, I... I don't think I've seen him play unless he's played against us and I just don't remember him but um, yeah looking forward to seeing him play hopefully this weekend yeah Lewis Wheeler's just tweeted in a video that he'd sent me earlier as well where I watched some skillage so if you if you want to see some skillage in the village uh, if you want to see some skills to pay the bills look at the Charlton Live uh, Twitter account now I've just retweeted that video from, from Lewis Wheeler of the new signing Freddie Saunders says uh, I asked what would you make of today's signings he says it's promising it is extremely important that the entire stadium is behind the team on Saturday, make it difficult for the opposition, and that's something. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Slade's press conference in a bit uh, from from today, but that's something he did talk about. Um, we we know that season ticket sales are way down. I think probably sixty sixty percent from last year. Um, uh, it, no matter what, what, no matter who you're playing, whatever level you're at, your, your home form is always important, uh, and therefore your home crowd is uh, you know can can help play a part of it. We saw last season uh, the the crowd. It, positively affected the team even on days that were protested there were still results there were great atmospheres within the within the stadium even if it was an atmosphere of defiance rather than one of of purely getting behind the players there was some defiance there but it still made for a great atmosphere which lifted us to wins against Birmingham against Middlesbrough and I guess um it it would do us the world of good if we can get if we can get another really positive atmosphere like that today yeah I mean yeah no it all depends really on how we start you know and if if we start on the front foot um, and you know, get the crowd going. I think it'll be fine. And I just think once we get that one win under our belts, I think it'll, it'll really tick over. But we just need that, that get good fast start, get at them, and don't be so nervous about it. Because I think that's where we sort of struggled last year. We was a lot nervous when the pressure was off. The games against you know Middlesbrough and stuff, we didn't had nothing to lose, and we won mm. the game. So I think if we just start on the front foot, and then I think we probably got a good chance well do you think that's been a bit of the issue so far this season uh is is there has there has been pressure i mean we are the big club that's come down from 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 uh, the champ to the championship to league one we're, we're the team that people expect to do so and and maybe that just led to it when when chances came on saturday obviously they, they, they certainly started to come particularly in that second half and um they, they were being you know snatched at not taken very confidently and do you think that part of that could be could be the pressure of being this this big team in in, in a a smaller pond than, than what we used to I think so yeah we haven't had that for a while have we obviously we did last time and we adjusted to that well but yeah it might just take us a little while to do it and we are trying to rebuild a new squad we've got a new manager so there's lots of different factors that are coming into play I think uh, Saturday's going to be interesting because obviously we don't know what the crowd's going to be like in terms of size and last time we were all here half of us were on the pitch so <laughs> it is going to be a big difference and that might take some adjusting as well so Hopefully we can get out of the traps quickly and get an early goal against Northampton and settle all those nerves for, for the players and the fans. Yeah. Um, like I say, it was, it was Sven Klaas, the Belgian journalist, who broke the story on Twitter today. Uh, and um, I, I had a, actually had a quick chat with him this afternoon uh, you know, over, over the DMs. And we, we, he was saying that um, it sounds like uh, this has been another one which, which Russell's had to be really patient with and one he really wanted, which again goes to show that he's not just taking any old player, which perhaps we've seen at this club over the last couple of seasons. He is being patient when, when he needs to be and getting the sort of players that he wants yeah I mean we've all sort of seen of when you rush into getting players what sort of drosh you get served up um, Lloyd Nego well I only see him once but uh, that's what sort of happens when you don't actually take the time to scout your players properly and um, yeah with Jordan and uh, I keep calling him Scott McGuinness Josh isn't it Josh, Josh McGuinness yeah. sorry Josh McGuinness is there a Scott McGuinness out there somewhere that we I could don't know. Who knows? Scott McGuinness yeah. unless it's some at least not Paddy McGuinness anyway but yeah. Yeah, no, no it's something you shout in the pub. Who's, who's Scott McGuinness? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Good of them. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's looking promising, so we'll just have to see if he can um, add um, before the window, which I think he probably, probably will, won't we? But, he, he'll, um, he'll still want to, I'm certain of that. Yeah. It, that, that it is still, it's, it's not there yet. It's certainly, it's certainly getting there. Mm. Um, I, remember, I remember saying on the, the first big match preview last week about how 
we were spoilt the last time we were in League One when we had all our, our signings in by August, and that was the absolute pinnacle of what we wanted. And it hasn't gone that way this season, but that's perhaps that's just the way it is sometimes. I'm sure not many clubs get all their players in by the first of August. No, but I think we are doing it the next best way, which is being patient and selecting specific targets. We're not just going out there and signing anyone. I think um, when all our players are fit, we've probably got a very competitive first team squad or first team sort of first eleven now. But I think we do still need a few more because those injuries are still there, and there are a couple of people in there that I don't think we'd necessarily want to start in an ideal world. So, yeah, we've still got a couple of weeks. Hopefully, we can get one or two more in, and then we'll have have the squad to to give it a good go. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, the, the only the only downside I've heard to the the, the, the loan signing of both. Tarka today, apart from the fact <laughs> I'm going to have to make sure I learn how to pronounce his name, uh, is that um, he, he's hoping to be in contention for the African Nations Cup, or the African Cup of Nations, as it's now called, mm. uh, which will be in January. I think he's, uh, he's Congolese, so he's from the Congo. Yeah. Um, so, that, so, that, so that means there's a, a risk that we will lose him in January for a month. But you know, that's, that's something you, you, you'd be willing, willing to accept if he is... The, the sort of player we're expecting, we're hoping he's going to be. Yeah, well, you, by that by January, you're hoping we'll probably have a few more players, a back from injury and b possibly added to the squad anyway. So, yeah, I mean, you know, he might go to the African Cup of Nations and miss him for a month. But I mean, if we were talking about a Jose or you know uh, Bauer or something like that, it'd be a bit different. But um, well, it wonders with Bulo when he went, didn't it? Yeah. So maybe he'll come back <laughs> and be brilliant. Funny, yeah, I forgot about that. The first, because the first half of that season, Bulo, the only the only Charlton Athletic transfer that's ever been announced from my flat, by the way, because <laughs> Ollie was picking me up to take me to give me a lift to a game, and then this, the the story came in that he had to announce it, so he had to announce it on my sofa from the Mendes Mansion, from Mendes Towers. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that now that is a claim to fame. Um, yeah, he he he, <laughs> he started really badly and then went off to the African Cup of Nations, came out really well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'd love to know what you guys make of of uh, today's signings. Uh, you can uh, tweet us at Charlton Live. You can email us, studio uh, at uk. This is Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. We're going to come back in uh, 30 seconds or so to talk about uh, Tuesday's Cup exit at the hands of Cheltenham. Shelton Live. Your favorite music and everything local. You're on Maritime Radio. From the home of time. time, This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. Well, yeah, welcome back to Jumping Live. Someone, someone's rushed back from work. <laughs> um, uh, so I didn't, didn't mean to play two jingles there. Got a bit carried away. I wanted to play the Carol Fryer thing again to cheer us all up. But um, right, Tuesday night, um, uh, cup exit at the hands of uh, of Cheltenham uh, Town. I think uh, just very briefly, let's listen to how Greg Stubbley and Liam Happ described the uh, the, the game on uh, on Tuesday night. It's a full flicked on. It's a chance, and there's the opening goal, and it's Harry Pell. <laughs> The former Charlton youth player has given the home side the lead. We've talked about Long Forest causing problems. And then Shocker sees one there. Went inside the six-yard box. is flicked on by a Charlton player. who fell kindly into the path of Harry Pell. Who taps home to give Cheltenham the lead. The referee's got his whistle in his mouth and it's all over. Cheltenham Town have beaten Charlton 1-0. Thanks to a Harry Pell first half effort. Coming after 17 minutes, another bitterly disappointing defeat for the Addicts, who did show good glimpses at times going forward, but once again have come short. So we had it, Greg Stubbley there. Uh, I mean, you could tell just just in Greg's voice how dejected we were at the end of that game, and it's some. It is. It was disappointing, and and I think we we all felt it really, didn't we? Yeah, I think backing up from Saturday's performance, which was. Um, uh, lacklustre to say the least yeah, uh, apart from spells it's one of yeah, those weird spells we had a little we... bit of the second half but um, I can't say that I was that surprised to be honest with you I just don't we never really do well in the, the Carling Cup do we always seem mm. to lose against lesser opposition always and you know I don't mind who would we got next round Newcastle away 
Yeah. Done I mean, that already, haven't we? Done that twice. Done I haven't. Have <laughs> have you done it? Yeah. No, I've never done it either. I'm quite happy with that one, yeah. All right, fair enough. Just me then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry uh, about that. Yeah, uh, we, we talk about um, the, the, we, we heard the goal there for start scored by Harry Pell was a, mm. uh, was a Charlton Academy player. Never never played a game released in 2010 without playing for us. Um, so that, that's always a bit of a kick in the teeth. But it, it came from the long throw, and you know um, I remember Slade talking throughout the summer about how we were getting the basics down, and he felt he felt confident. But then on Saturday it was the two corners. Uh, that, that led to the penalty and the goal, and, and then on uh, Tuesday it was the throw. So it, 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 you, you could hear his frustration in the interview in the press conference today uh, about the fact that those basics he, he just needs to go back to the drawing board with him again. Yeah, but at least he, he's aware of it, and he said, "Look, we are still working on it." He's not sort of denying it or trying to hide away from it. He's admitted that those are still mistakes and they're things that they're working on. So, you know, he's an experienced manager at this level. You would hope he'd be able to iron those out. Like we've said a few times, he's still getting this group of players together, so perhaps that organisation isn't quite there yet, but that's something that's going to come, and luckily that is something that they can train out. It might take a little while, but it is something that they can do on the training grounding and hopefully get sorted. We saw uh, a couple of players who featured heavily in the pre-season, uh, and one of whom even came on on Saturday for, for his debut, but for a full debut, to make your full debut for the, for the club's always special. Uh, both, both 18 years old. I mean, the, the, uh, Brandon Hanlon up front, we, like I say, we saw him a lot in pre-season, got a couple of goals in pre-season, came off the bench against uh, Berry. Uh, started against, and, and he nearly had an assist within the first five minutes. He played the ball across to Nikia Jose, uh, and, and just offside, but that, that would have been the perfect start, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, both of them started pretty well. I mean, Esri, um, probably going to him late, but he, um, he's been very promising. And every time uh, I see Brandon against uh, Val, I can't pronounce the name, RKC, whatever they call it, Valvik. Yeah, he proves quite, he proved a handful. So, um, yeah, it bodes well for both of them. Uh, you know, Hanlon makes a nuisance of himself, but um, Esri's got that. Little element of class about him, mm. I think. You can see it already, and, uh, can't you? Yeah. So um, the high up, but I don't want to put too much pressure on him. Yeah. Jinx it. Oh no! But I mean, that's. I mean, at the risk of jinxing it. I, I mean, the first the first time I saw Esri Konza play was um, the under 18s the, the Professional Development League Two final, which was they they won last year, but they also won it the year before, and they played it the year before at Brentford. And Brentford offered free tickets, so I turned up and uh, <laughs> uh, had a look at Konza, and you pick him out because. Um, He's so in the Joe Gomez mould for me. Yeah. He's, playing as, he's a central defender. He's calm on the ball. Mm. Uh, he's a player who, whereas I, th- I think Hanlon still, you know, Hanlon did well, yeah. um, but at, at times maybe decision making. I think with Esri, he's one same as Joe Gomez, slotted into the first team, no issues whatsoever. Mm. It sounds really lazy to say it, doesn't it, to compare him to somebody else from the youth team so quickly? But it's so spot on. Like it, the way he plays and the way he's handled himself in. Okay, not massive occasions, but for someone that young to come into a side, you know, pre-season friendlies against, you know, like the likes of Ipswich in a championship team and then to play in a League Cup game and he's just handled himself so well. And like Nathan says, he's just got that class on the ball that Joe Gomez showed as well. And he is still young and he's still going to have a lot to learn, but that obviously bodes well for the future. And the same for Hanlon as well. And the hope by bringing these extra players in and maybe if we can get another centre-back in, obviously Pierce coming in the other week, is that we can just play these players when we want to play them and not when we've got to and not, not force them and, and overplay them. Because that's what we've seen at times over the last couple yeah. of years. I mean, the, the, the standout for me is always Carlin, yeah. Ahern Grant. I think, I mean, uh, Tariq, Tariq came on uh, Holmes Dennis on, on Tuesday and I think he made a couple of uh, difficult, bad, bad passes and that, and that sort of thing can affect your confidence. Whereas, whereas before last season, perhaps he, he may have made a bad pass and then had to continue in that position and not be able to sort of you know, relax and, and take a couple of weeks off and go back to the youth team and take the pressure off. Um, he, he makes a bad pass and if, say he has to continue playing, that could put extra pressure on But like we say, this season we're, we're hoping that's not going to be the case and, and it certainly is not going to be the case with the likes of Konza and Hanlon, especially now we've brought in another striker today. Yeah, I mean, it's easier for... Well, I say it's easier. For, for strikers, it's a lot harder uh, when you're sort of breaking through because when Carlin comes through you know people try expecting him to make some sort of impact in front of goal whereas a Turek Holmes Dennis and a Konza um, they I think they probably have that little bit more time on their side because people aren't really going to judge them that much because they haven't going to finish they haven't got to win a game you know as long as they're solid and play it simple then they're probably going to stand in good stead but uh, I think Tarek will be fine. I f- just think Tarek needs some games. I, so I think he needs. He just needs a consistent run. Um, I don't think he'll overtake Fox, obviously. But 
whether that <clears throat> gets a guy on the left hand side of midfield I don't know but yeah no they're both promising but like uh, Tom said we don't want to throw him in the deep end and like you said Lou about Carlin um, I remember there was a cut I think it was against it might have been against me or there was one game at home and it looked like it was a rabbit in the headlights he just looked just nervous the whole game and got subbed I think in the end mm. uh, we talk about um, confidence and uh, a hangover perhaps from last year because you try and wonder why, why, the, why we have got these players these, these new signings the, like, the likes of a Jose and Novak and Holmes I mean Holmes, Holmes has actually done pretty well so far for me um, mm. uh, just uh, no one's been on the end of a couple of crosses at times we saw it on early on on, uh, on Tuesday night there was a, a low cross towards a Jose near post which he didn't quite get on is, is it just a case of you know there has there has been spells in both games. You choose uh, Saturday we had the, the majority of the second half. Tuesday, the whole game there was it was really end to end. It was actually I imagine if you were neutral, you probably would have enjoyed that game for what it was. Mm. Um, but but it just needs that little extra spark, that little bit of confidence, and that that one goal to go in and everything's going to click. Do, do you feel mm. like it's like that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just a case. Of, I think it's just a case that we just need it to click. I think it will click. I just it, we just need that that uplift because I still think we're in the mindset of last year you know we need that win under our belts however it's going to be a scrappy 1-0 or whatever we just need a win which will get the chalk on the board and just start and we'll start from there but it's just hopefully Saturday will be the case but that's what we need everyone there and, and do you think that could be that hangover from last season oh, they're, they're, yeah. I mean say say we for some reason won, say we'd won a league last season say we'd won league 2 last season coming to league 1 and then we'd lost lost to Berry and lost to Cheltenham Town people will be thinking well you know we're, we're, on, we're on the up it's, it's because we're on the down that there is just it, it was it was the worst possible start we could have got in terms of morale I guess uh, yeah. for, the, for the fan base it, it almost feels like a continuation of last season because it was obviously so bad and we lost so many games and then you come into this new season and you do have that early season optimism and then you just get a defeat and it's like oh well we're, we're back to normal you know this is what Charlton's become these days and uh, you know that's going to filter through, especially to some of the longer-term players. Obviously, some of the new boys—they're not going to feel that just yet. But that's why I think I agree with Nathan. We just need to get a goal and get a win somehow, however it is. And as soon as we do that, we'll probably be fine. But it's been a long time since Charlton have been a club that wins. You know, regularly we got we got wins here and there last year, but they, there wasn't that many consecutive, apart from obviously Big Carroll's back-to-back wins. But um, yeah, it is going to take a while. But once once we get that and get started, I think we'll be fine. Now, uh, it's been much talked about and there, there was no way we were going to avoid talking about it because that would be the wrong thing to do. After the game, uh, we, we spoke to Russell Slade, I spoke to Russell Slade and it, it wasn't a positive situation at all. Um, I, I think Russell was, was uh, clearly clearly frustrated after the game as, as we all were, as, uh, as I was as a Charlton fan, as Russell was as, as the manager. Um, uh, and the interview, it didn't go well for... if we, It didn't go well for me and it, it probably didn't go well for either of us. I don't think Russell was happy with... How, how negative I sounded, and, and you can you can understand from from my point of view, I am, I am I'm a negative person anyway. But you know you can understand from Russell's point of view. Once I stumbled over a couple of questions, he he was getting frustrated, and then he felt that a question that I thought was going to be a positive, which was about um, how the, the signings have taken longer than we'd hoped. But I was but I sort of said, you know, it's not a problem though, is it? Because expecting him to go, you know, these, these things happen in football, but because. I think people were frustrated. He, he, he took it as me being negative, which I, you know, I, I hope I hoped he hadn't. That's the way it happened, um, and and it, it was a slightly, you know, uh, it was a difficult interview to do, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was a difficult one to listen to. And it it, it just suggests that the, the 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 aura around the club at the moment is still is still trying to pick itself up. And I think Russell's um, and, and I've done a piece for tomorrow's for, for the South London Press. If you if you look in, if you can pick up a copy about how R- Russell's really interested in making sure that this negative aura around the club turns around that's why when he, when he felt that negative questions were coming he was getting frustrated yeah well he's got a massive job on his hands hasn't he to be honest he's not he's not just coming as a coach and letting everybody else take control he wants to be in control of all parts of the club like a manager should be and you know he's started to do that and he's starting to get his feet under the desk but he's still got a long way to go he's obviously lost two games in a row he's not going to be happy with that particularly to to the lower league opposition um, you've obviously asked some tough questions, which you know, but valid questions about the signings and yeah, it's, he's obviously just had a tough night, and uh, you can completely appreciate where he's coming from. But yeah, hopefully, like I say, if we can just get a win and, and start to turn things around, that's obviously going to turn him around as well. But he's obviously got enormous pressure on him because he sees that responsibility. He wants to be the one that transforms the club, and 
you know, the majority of fans certainly at the moment are behind him and want him to do that as well. You know, we've had nothing but good things to say about him so far and hopefully we can continue to do that and, and that starts with a win at the weekend. And, it, and it's true that, that there is uh, negativity but, but he, and he is doing the right thing in trying to turn it around and that's why, you know, you, you know what happened on, on Tuesday was awkward and it was, it was embarrassing for me but that, that doesn't change my view on the fact that I, I still think Russell's the right man to turn it around and I think he's going about it the right way. Yeah, exactly, and there is good, there is negativity uh, around the club at the moment for behind the scenes. But um, like, as Tom said, as long as we all get behind the boys on Saturday and uh, get this win, which I'm ninety five percent sure we will. I know I say that every single week, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly think it will be fine. And once we click, and we'll be fine. But you know, we, we're all dis- millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com disappointed with the first two results especially for me especially Saturday um, because I did anticipate something a little bit more but um, yeah on, on to Saturday and yeah we just hope we can get a win and just sort of brush it under the carpet because you, you, you know that, that that first thing I remember how good everyone felt after Sheffield Wednesday when we beat beat them with, with Carol Fry if everyone felt like it was a rebirth you know one one win a Rotherham away I mean the, obviously these things didn't click into place last season mm. this season we hope you know we've got a better manager than what we had last season yeah. you know, and you'd expect that we'd be able to build on any momentum once we can grasp it yeah exactly and we, that's what we want we want those sort of games against you know, that Rotherham even though it was away the way we played that day and we unfortunately we didn't build on that result so hopefully this year we get a win on Saturday and then go unbeaten for the rest of the year yeah. no, <laughs> uh, keep, keep your tweets and emails coming in studio at charltonlive.co.uk I've got a couple of emails in there uh, we've got a couple of tweets that have dropped into the, the uh, Twitter page as well uh, Dave Lockwood saying that uh, Charlton still need at least four more players he thinks to, to make a competitive squad we've also got one from a Jody Wyatt who says we want Pete Howarth on um, uh, joining <laughs> us in the studio he'll be joining us in, a, uh, in, uh, in the second half of the show he's a, a friend, friend of ours and a friend of the show uh, Pete Howarth he's, he's popped in just to see how things are going but he's also got some interesting family ties to Northampton so I'll be quite excited to uh, have a word with him in the, in the second half of the show as we look ahead to the game against Northampton. Right, I'm going to have a little bit of a break here on Maritime Radio, back in a minute or so, to uh, continue talking all things Charlton. It'd probably get old about three or four months into the season, but not yet, not yet. I'm still enjoying it. Right. Um, uh, as I said earlier on in the show, uh, one of our listeners broke a story uh, on, on Charlton Live on Sunday. Robin Lisbon uh, uh, is a, a long-time listener, friend of the show. He, he dropped in an email, and I was—I um, I put my hands up and I said I was um, not, not sceptical, but I was just like... 
I, I didn't I hadn't seen the proof and it's, it's sometimes hard to talk about stuff on this show without proof because sometimes if, if we're saying stuff that we hasn't been proven then someone can say well you prove it and allegedly alle- yeah we say allegedly a lot but um, <laughs> someone, someone could say prove it in fact we will have to come back to the Roger Johnson thing because I just remember we didn't talk about that oh, but, yeah. um, uh, well let's, let's do Roger Johnson first actually because Russell Slade did um, uh, you would have seen the quotes in the South London Press and on the News Shopper website uh, Roger Johnson did uh, apologise to Russell Slade for the whole incident and it's, it's one of those ones now, and ironically, I've given Rojo my uh, uh, highest player mark on for, for tomorrow's paper from Tuesday's game because I thought he played really well and he nearly scored as well. Um, but it's one of those things where it was an unprofessional act. But it, now, now he's apologised to Russell. Is, 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 do you think that's enough? Um, yeah, well, to the person who he allegedly uh, spoke to, um, I don't think so. And you know, it, it was probably a rush of blood and a disappointment and stuff. But I still still think you know you should be professional in the way you go about it um, regardless whether you're playing Premier League level or obviously at our level so um, it's all brushed under the carpet now for Russell and actually he's had a chat I'm sure JJ probably would have had a word with him as well but yeah I mean it's, it's, a lot of people won't won't let it go but you know that's down to them but we're just I'm just going to concentrate on Saturday and just hope it it doesn't happen again, really. Because yeah. there's, there's been so much disappointment around the club. I mean, we just listened there to the, the highlight of Jacko's first goal of the season a couple of years ago at Norwich, and we really want a moment like that. I really want a moment like that to lift my spirits, really. And, and we're hoping that that can be what we're talking about on Sunday rather than you know, a situation where we've lost or there's been a, a disappointment, a disappointing action from a player. Yeah, like I say, this is bit, that's been going on for a couple of years now. We've... We've not won a lot of games and we have struggled. And you know, I remember last year where I think we were commentating Lou when when uh, Jackson scored that goal against Fulham, and then we went on to snatch that last minute draw, and that felt like a bit of a change and we were a boost. And then that didn't happen. And like you say, we got those two wins under Carroll, and then that was a bit of a false dawn. So we've never really kicked on from anything like we did back then. Um, so yeah, we do need that one, but we've been so starved of it now. You kind of forget what that feels like and. We just need it to happen sooner rather than later, and we can't underestimate this league. You know, just because we've dropped a, a level below, the quality's still. You know, teams are still competitive; they know how to play in this league, and we might have to take some time to adjust to that. But we need to do it quickly and and try and get a result as soon as we can. Uh, Peter Finch, uh, formerly of this parish, we, we miss you, Finch. We hope you're well. Uh, we're all going for a drink in Black Eve tomorrow if you're around. Uh, he says the the player needs to make an apology to the fans, not the manager, and a streaky win is badly needed. Uh, he, d- he does love a last minute goal, and that was <laughs> that was Finch's uh, uh, voice um, uh, commentating on the goal. And and, and that is the point. I, f- I think the fan involved will say, you know, I want an apology from the player. Mm-hmm. Did you? I, I don't think it's going to happen. To be <laughs> I don't think it'll happen. No. But I agree that I think. I'm not sure that an apology to the manager is really enough. Obviously, from the club's point of view, it is, and they can brush it under the carpet and move on. But if he really did say it, that fan's well within his right to expect some sort of apology back from him, I would say. Yeah, because um, we know that um, when, when Slade first came in, I think he did a big... I think it was with Richard, the, the South London Press, he did the big interview, and he talked about all sorts of things. But he talks about... Um, uh, he, he sounds like he's quite of a disciplinarian around the training ground. He brought in a, a handbook of how to how fans should act, and even even before I think it was the new shopper and the, the Friday before the season, he talks about how last year he heard that players were just leaving straight after training, and he wants to install that spirit again. So that's why you think he would have been upset with what happened with with, with Johnson. Yeah, you would have thought so, but. You know, like we've sort of touched on when we talked about his post-match interview, he's got so much going on here in terms of the rebuilding, in terms of everything else. Perhaps because, obviously, there is no proof as such of this taking place. He's got other things that he's perhaps focusing on. He had the signings coming in, obviously, which have happened today. And I don't know, perhaps they don't see it as, as such a massive issue. And um, like I say, there's there's no proof from their point of view that it happened. But... You know, irrespective of that, the words got out. Uh, and from my point of view, as I say, I would have expected something to, to the fans. You know, some something that says, you know, I, I accept that I can't really act that way. But um, you know, it's done now, and we we move on, like like Nathan says, and we look forward to Saturday instead. Right. Um, another uh, another thing that people don't really know how to assess how important it is or not is something that, like we say, Robin broke on the show on Sunday. Catherine Mayer has joined the, the FA Council. And for starters, I mean, until. Until Robin said he was, she was on it. I'd probably never really heard of it. I don't really, we don't really know what it does. But it, after the what what was seen as massive protests here here at the Valley last season, we've seen a lot of people amongst the Charlton fan base community, and and, and even apart from 
from Charlton fans of other clubs and showing dismay really that, that, that Katrine's been given a position with the FA. Is that? I mean, can, can you can understand that? Yeah, I mean, it's. I have absolutely no idea what her role is going to be, um, apart from probably how to run football clubs well. But um, yeah, I have no idea what it entails. I have no idea what. I didn't even know there was an FA Council. I didn't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a. It was a shock, shall I say, mm. to uh, the uh, community, the Charlton fans, the Charlton community. I must admit, because. It's probably the, the one person in League One that you didn't expect it to be going to. I mean, it, it, was, it was pointed out that um, there's it's, it's the, the football league representatives. I think there's two field and or two or four field, and there's still something like four vacancies. So apparently there was little interest in joining it. So, oh. so it's, it's suggesting I don't know if it's just not that important a thing. I've never I've never woken up on a you know in the morning, got the paper, <laughs> and just seen FA Council make decision. This that affects this. I've never seen a story like that. You don't don't really know what it affects. No, but at the same time, it's a uh, it's, it's a way in, I guess. For, yeah, you know, and it's not as an influencer. It's not uh, something you know. It's a if anything, it's a positive thing from her point of view. To be on it, irrespective of how we see it or what influence it actually has, you know. On that CV. Yeah, stuff, it's it? not something that's criticising your performance. It's something that, if anything, is saying you're doing a good job and this is why you've got this position. And that's what's so bizarre because you ask most people, certainly everyone or a lot of people who know Charm, but even people who just know about football, she's a name that comes up very quickly now. You know, the likes of Oyston, the likes of Chilino, De Chatelet himself. She's someone that comes up that people have got issues with in terms of the way that she, she does her job. So for her to then be given this position, it does seem a bit strange and, you know, sort of sets a weird precedent in terms of those other people I've mentioned. You know, what's to stop them getting positions on that, that board? And, and that's a worry. But like we say, we don't know what they do. I'm sure they've got their reasons for making the decision. Um, and we'll see. I, I hope it, I can't imagine it'll have much effect on us. So. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a petition that's been bandied about and signed not just by Charlton fans. Got over 3,500 signatures as, as of yesterday, so I imagine it's probably nearer 4,000 now. Mm. And so, so it does show that, that there is the feeling and, and people do know everything about uh, the, the problems that, that we've had at Charlton. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think they need about 10,000 or something for it to be sent to someone. I don't, I don't understand all this petition malarkey, but if you get 10,000, it gets sent to... Sportsman, I mean, realistically, it's, like not, that, it's not going to make a difference. Is it? It's like nah. it's like the petition where people started for um, them to redo the EU vote. I remember, I remember after they tweeted that, I thought I might start a petition to get us back to have last season of the championship replayed. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> after the fact, she's there now. They're not going to kick her off. And in the same way that someone tried to resign of our company's house last year, you know, that's not going to get her out of her job officially. But at the same time, it does show the disdain that people have got for mm. it, and that does help. You know, in terms of the footballing community, it shows that that things haven't changed in terms of how we view her and from that point of view and you know we're not going to forget that massive liar banner going over over her head last season so <laughs> that tag remains you know irrespective of what the whoever hired to the FA council think that that fact remains in terms of fans point of view and that's how they continue to see her so yeah. i think from from our point of view you know if all the people that want to Chatelet and Mier out it's important that 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 point of view stays I think it's another, another sign really of um, what we're talking about with, with how Slate's got to change the whole mentality of the club and he's, yeah. he's working with you know, inside and out and, that, and that's one of it is the fact that people still dislike the owner still dislike the CEO and that's part of what he's, what he's battling with uh, Finchie tweets in again says uh, FA Council aims to deliver an effective and professional organisation for the greater good of English football Jesus <laughs> uh, right I think uh, another quick break and then we're going to bring in our special studio guest Pete Howarth who's going to tell us uh, all about his family ties to Northampton Town and, uh, and, and we'll uh, obviously look forward to the game with the Cobblers Local. Your Maritime Radio. 
So welcome back to Channel Live here on Maritime Radio. Joining us uh, in the studio now, our special studio guest, like you say, he's a friend of uh, of mine and Nave certainly. He's a friend of the show, uh, Pete Howard. Thanks, thanks for joining us. You're, as, as a Charlton fan, how do you see the how the start to the season's gone? Uh, terrible, Louis. <laughs> um, not great. Uh, not surprised we lost to Cheltenham. Uh, more surprised we lost to Berry. But uh, in terms of the Cheltenham game, I mean, we've got history of deciding to dump ourselves out of the cup. I think it's just generally always the manner of, of how you lose, which doesn't sound like it's been great. So yeah. desperately, desperately need a win this Saturday. Yeah, that mic's not as good as open was. So if you if you go <laughs> on Nathan's one, um, uh, now tell tell us your story because um, I often see you talking about Northampton as well. So I guess you know a little bit about the Cobblers. So yeah, my grandparents were from Northampton. My dad's a Northampton Town fan, <laughs> so I obviously used to watch them a lot. Uh, when I was younger, I've uh, been to Wembley twice with them. Once in 97 against Swansea when they won 1-0. And a few years ago when uh, Bradford decided to beat them 3-0. <laughs> uh, when in my father-in-law as well. Yeah. So, 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 you, so you've, you've got a bit of stake on, on Saturday's game then, I guess? Yes. Uh, is, is it that you won't be able to put up with it if we lose and you have to deal with all the stick? Uh, I, I don't, I don't want to lose, Louis. But um, I'm ever the optimist, as you all know. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, a, a solid score draw. Yeah. Oh, dreamer! I'm, what a dreamer! Yeah, I'm, I'm dreaming. <laughs> I'm dreaming. What, what, what does your dad make of, of how Northampton are doing so far this season? I think they uh, there's a draw on the opening day, and then they won a yeah, they beat Barnsley in, in the cup. Yeah, no, they've done good. They've uh, had a bit of uh, rejuvenation under Chris Wilder, who's obviously left and gone to Sheffield United. Um, and also, they haven't had a bad start to the season. They've signed some half decent players. Like Alex Revel is up there, who's uh, ex MK Dons, who's um, banged in a few last season. Uh, John Joe John Joe O'Toole, um, he was uh, instrumental in their promotion last season. And they've got a good backer up there, and I think they could actually have a half half decent season actually coming up. I think they were, as you said, it's never easy for a relegated side to play a promoted sides. Two completely different, contrasting. Contrasting. Uh, contrasting ways in the clubs yeah. at the moment so I think I do think it'll be a difficult game something, so, something that perhaps isn't so contrasting about the two sides is um, last season I don't know if it's still uh, there's still a bit of a cloud of uncertainty hanging over some, some money that's missing but last season Northampton were very much a club in crisis yet they came through it and still got promoted so it's, it's interesting how they how they managed to deal with such a situation quite well yeah no they were the, the Leicester City of League 2 shall we say sort of <laughs> assembled a squad with not a lot of money um, and actually done really well and ended up running away with the league in fact in the end and they were promoted long before the last game of the season um, they've had a half decent pre-season and like I said they've started off well they've beaten Barnsley which are a fairly good opposition you know so like I said I don't think I think Northampton will uh, will revel in the fact of, of our downfall and, and certainly come to come to us with some positivity definitely knowing that the crowd will you know, possibly jump on the backs if they nick an early goal. What did your old man make of um, it when we were after Chris Wilder? Was, would he have been disappointed to see him come to us? I mean, he's gone anyway. Um, yeah, I think he would have been disappointed no matter who he had gone to. I don't think he would have minded if he'd come to Charlton. Um, but, yeah, after, I, I, you know, they've got to say, um, I think they've got a good replacement in. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to see. But I mean, they've started off the season well, so it obviously hasn't affected them. And I, ma- I imagine he was disappointed to see Ricky Holmes leave as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a that's a big loss. And as you said, within the uh, dire starts of the season, he's actually been a bit of a, a, a ray of light and a ray of hope. So um, I think he said he came off the other night, didn't he? So yeah, there was there was, a, there was a slight. Saturday? I think uh, Russell Slade said in today's press conference he had bruising, so it's not it's not not, mm. not expected yeah. to be too. Uh, a, a big uh, an issue. I mean, Tom, uh, looking forward to, to Saturday's game. Do you, do you see many changes? I mean, Russell Slade uh, implied there may be some debuts again. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd hope to see the two new guys come in, um, whether that's off the bench or starting. Um, I think, uh, obviously, from the weekend, I'd be surprised if Jacko still plays out wide. Um, you've obviously got Lookman who could play there, or this Bataka could play there as well. So, I'd still like to see Jacko involved somehow because I think he, he's obviously still got an important role with us, but. That would hopefully be in the centre. Um, obviously, with Novak with his wrist, I don't know whether he might choose choose to throw McGuinness straight in. So, I'd hope that the back five may be much the same um, from last Saturday. I don't think uh, Ezri Konza will stay in, but um, yeah, going forward, I could see some changes because we need goals. And 
you know the long and short of it is those those four players haven't brought us goals in the last two games so why not throw the new two options in and, and see how we get on and sometimes when you sign a player uh, especially towards the start, you know, midway through pre-season, perhaps they, they might not, they might have been a free agent, they might have not had a full pre-season. Whereas McGuinness and Bocata both would have had pre-seasons with their clubs, so you'd think they'd be, in, in terms of match fitness, pretty much fit, fit and raring to go. It might take a while for them to get used to the teammates, but they, they they should be pretty much there, you'd imagine. Yeah, you'd hope so, and obviously they're going to be excited to make a new impression on on a new team and. You know, it's not like our ground's going to be rocking and twenty-seven thousand in it, but it's an, a new stadium to to be wearing that new shirt in, and yeah, you would hope that they're going to be excited to make a new impression on the club and and try and get some goals. Like like Nave said earlier when he was talking about how young players are judged, you know, four players are judged on on whether they can score goals or not. So, yeah, you know, they're going to be picturing scoring that first goal of the season for Charlton uh, this weekend. So, yeah, if, if it was me, I'd throw them in and see how they get on, but. Um, yeah, as I say, I think it'll be the forward line and the midfield that change, whereas I think if we can try and keep that back five fairly solid, then that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Martin tweets in and says, Is having Catherine on the FA panel a case of keeping your friends close but keeping your enemies even closer? <laughs> uh, just, well, you never know. You never know what the thinking is behind the FA. But like I say, with the fact that no one else applied, suggests that they might, they might have just taken her anyway. And maybe they hope they, they can drum some... Uh, Understanding of English of, of, of English football into her, um, maybe. Put delicately, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, right, um, really well done. Yeah, uh, we, we've had a few emails in throughout the weekend this evening, uh, so I thought I'd jump on those for the last ten minutes here, chat live on Maritime Radio as we look ahead to the, the Northampton game, which we've just done there. We'll do some predictions by the end, and Pete, you have to do a prediction as well to get your thinking cap on. Uh, uh, no losses. Yeah, this is a, this is a tweet. Uh, this is a tweet from uh, an email. Sorry, from during the week. Uh, it's from uh, Jason. He says, um, uh, "Was was a Berry yesterday, but disappointed that the only only the first game. Whilst I'm behind the support, the team not the regime. I was saddened to hear chance of we're going down when it was nil nil, and the team looked okay. Surely songs of this nature are harming the whole team. On the whole, uh, uh, I'm with my fellow supporters on most issues. I mean, and, and again, that's the sort of thing. There is um, <laughs> very understandably, we're all pretty down about the stuff, especially I mean, especially after these two results." Um, we're, we're all pretty down, and sometimes people people do a bit of sarcastic cheer, you know, singing and stuff. And you know, I, I think a bit for me personally, a sarcastic "We're Going Down" when it's an away song, away group. I mean, it's it probably it's not going to affect anyone really. It's not like the the Morgan Fox and Simon McKeon stuff we're seeing last season, where individual players were being you know, picked on. It's it's not as bad, but I guess you know. For, for the the sake of mor- the morale amongst the fan base, sometimes some people don't want to hear that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was probably in frustration. Um, but I mean, if they probably sit back and look at it and think, okay, let's let's see if you know we we are going down, or if we did sack Russell Slade. I mean, who exactly are we expected to get in? Do you know what I mean? Like, if people really yeah. think about it logically, I just think it's a load of um, a reaction. So I say it's just a bit of hot. Air that's just sort of spouted out. So yeah, I mean, just got to, you're going to always have that element anyway. Because it's, it's ironic that our, our main problem over the last two years has been through the fact that we've gone through five managers, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and, you, no, and if we lose three more games, people are going to be demanding that they because that, yeah. that, that's the nature of football fans. We have no managers who had any British experience with any any players that had British experience. We've now got that, and then we should sack them. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know, some people are just going to be like that. So we'll let them crack on and just. Don't listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> Disagree with him <laughs> politely. Uh, right, um, I promised uh, earlier on uh, during the show as well that we were going to play a bit of uh, Where's Bradley. Now, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Now, one one of us uh, within the studio is very lucky uh, to to it turns out be be working for the same company, which and I can confirm it's not a football club. It's not a football you club. Have, no, you haven't branched out into professional football, Tom. Not yet. No, I was waiting for that contract over the summer. They said they'd be impatient, but still nothing. <laughs> so go on, go on, tell as much uh, details as you're allowed to say. I guess when it's when it's your first yeah. Time. So um, yeah, I've just started a new job, uh, a law firm um, in central London, and uh, yeah, Nathan actually. Raised the uh, raised the topic, and uh, Bradley Pritchard joined as a, a paralegal uh, the week before me. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't met him yet, but I'm due for a meeting with him tomorrow. So I'll certainly be mentioning things, see how see how he's getting on. 
find out why he's not playing football anymore. Yeah. Get, get, him a, get him a trial. Yeah, yeah. I can try my best. <laughs> now, I, was, I was chatting to uh, anyone who's, who's, who knows trouble on Twitter knows that there's a, a really good poster, a really good writer called called Carl Andrews, and he's a massive Bradley Pritchard fan. <laughs> and I mean, he's, he, he, he's the sort of player I liked as well. He's, he's a real bustler, fighting against the odds, a bit of a bizarre career, but you know, he made he made his name in a League One team. He had a really good season in the Championship before it all just fell apart and exploded in front of him, and he had a terrible he just faded away and now mm. he's not even playing football it was such a bizarre career path that he had because when the, the, the of the three seasons he was with us two of them he was really good he was a real hard worker wasn't he yeah I always enjoyed watching him play and yeah he wasn't the flashiest player we had at all but like you say he worked hard and that was someone we needed in there you know you you always need those sort of players in your team and he did that and he very rarely let us down. Sometimes towards the end, people thought perhaps his, his quality was lacking a little bit, but he certainly gave everything he got. And yeah, I always enjoyed enjoyed watching him play. You knew he he knew sort of how lucky he was, I think, mm. or how not necessarily lucky. That sounds unfair, but he was very grateful to to have what he had and and to be given that opportunity. And I don't think he ever took that for granted. Mm. He always played with a smile on his face, didn't he? Do you know what I mean? He was one of those. Where he was so lovable by the fans, and hence why you know Kyle's got a. I'm dying laughing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he's one of those players that fans love, you know, just cracks on with it and just wears his heart on his sleeve and just gets stuck in. Ain't, ain't a mess, it just cracks on. Yeah, and now since since we're doing a, a little piece about spotting Bradley Pritchard in unexpected places, I just remember the time I spotted him now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, now, this is, uh, now, this is a story that, to be honest, I didn't really tell at the time. And the, re- the reason being is I was at Nando's at 2 o'clock on a Friday when I was supposed to be at work. Oh, excuse uh, <laughs> uh, Basically, I'd been on a training course that was supposed to last all day, finished at about 11. I was like, I'm, I reckon I can get away with going home here. <laughs> so, so I went home. Uh, phoned up a mate who was also on annual leave. We went to we went to Nando's in Beckenham, and who, who sits there? Who walks in to collect a takeaway? But Bradley Pritchard, and oh, he's oh, so exciting. And then uh, then um, sign the chicken, yeah. legend. <laughs> chicken legend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a few, uh, uh, two, or I think three days in a row, I saw him getting on my train to work as well. I was like, oh, I wonder if he has actually quit football. But I think he I think he signed for Orient after. That. Yeah, he but, did. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, uh, exciting. Uh, exciting to know that Bradley spotting is, is, is working with Lenny. If, if you spot Bradley Pritchard, you know, place email studio at charlandlive.co.uk. Uh, now uh, the club have just tweeted, and, and we, we've got time to talk about him because this is a, a player who um, anyone. It, it's almost getting to the stage now where we can say of a certain age because we're all getting a bit older. But uh, it only be the very youngest listeners who, who won't have been around to see Paolo Di Canio. Uh, playing for the Addicts uh, for one season only, uh, the 2003-2004 Premier League season. Uh, he signed uh, on on this day in 2003. And now there's uh, a, a player who who is really worth remembering. I mean, Pete, Pete, I bet you've got some good memories of Paolo. Oh, love him. The chip penalty, the chip penalty against Arsenal was. Yeah. I think just really epitomised that. Um, it, it made it even better the fact that I found me that support Arsenal. So <laughs> that was. Uh, I mean, he was magnificent coming down here and the story about how we got him because I don't think he wanted to sign for us and I think Kerbishley went around there with Murray showed the DVD of how we got back to the Valley and yeah I mean the one season that he was I mean I think that was our best our best season wasn't it yeah that was the, the season yeah. we finished seventh, seventh I think I it think was so. and yeah I mean uh, 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 a bit of Paolo magic that I remember and it wasn't even a goal but it sort of indirectly led to a goal it was away at Portsmouth I think we were losing 1-0 I wasn't there but I remember we were listening on the radio we were losing 1-0 getting into the last 20 minutes or so and, and Paolo's come on, come onto the pitch um, and we've got an equaliser, and then uh, I think I can't remember if Paolo had something to do with the equaliser or not. But then the winner came after Paolo had his back to goal about 25, 30 yards out, spotted I assume Shaka Hislop off his line, and just went for the most delicious dink like lob, and Hislop uh, put it over. Then Paolo takes the corner and Bartlett heads the winner. But it just showed how audacious he was yeah. and how he's, he's he's a sort of player that, apart from maybe Klaus Jensen, in terms of trying that sort of stuff, we, we just don't see down at Charlton. Yeah, it's, a bit, well, it's been a while since we had anyone with a bit of flair, hasn't it, really? I mean, and that's what that, could, that could be Bo Carter, couldn't it? From yeah, what I've seen today. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope so. Yeah, or Josh McGuinness, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's a trick pony, I think, he's, pony, though, I think yeah. he's one of those hustle and bustles. But, yeah, uh, yeah no, we've, uh, we haven't been blessed with... Um, I thought Andy Reid done okay, but he was a different sort of player, wasn't he? He was more of a, a technician, he wasn't really a, mm, a flair Not flashy, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Pritchard, yeah, Pritchard is up there. He's probably one of, on his day. 
<laughs> we did one beat at school and we beat Cardiff 5-4 no we beat Cardiff 5-4 and uh, I think it was the fourth goal a long ball got played to him and he chested it down took it round the man and flicked it across for Haynes and that was really skillful but he wasn't that sort of player if, nah. we're, being, uh, if we're being honest so, so going back to, to Saturday is uh, the Cobblers making their way to the Valley uh, here you can, you can get full match commentary on the, the club's uh, player service it's not on BBC Radio London they're doing someone else can't remember who but it's not them it's not, uh, it's not Charlton so uh, if you want full commentary you're going to have to sign up to, to player or possibly listen on whatever BBC Northampton or whatever it is um, they'll probably do live commentary actually if you think about it so just look at their look at their website save yourself a couple of quid um, uh, let, let, let's do some predictions Tom how are you feeling ahead of the game with the Cobblers uh, yeah I think we'll probably well I hope we'll win I always feel like I predict to win but I'm going to have to again um, yeah I think maybe 2-0 let's, let's get a couple of goals Nathan, clean sheet get Nathan, started you like a man whose predictions just been stolen <laughs> I had that I'm going to go 3-0 Holmes to get 2 yeah yeah bold bold right go on then Mr Howarth well ever the optimist as I said um, I normally go nil, with, nil. Uh, <laughs> normally go for 3-0 loss so anything's, <laughs> anything's a winner uh I'm going to go with a 2-2. See, Joe, you're sitting on yeah, friends. Yeah, Northampton will go 2-0 up. And, and we'll, we'll get come back. back. And, and, that could, and that could be and the kickstart to the season. And that will be the catalyst to yeah. a, a promotion-winning season. Because I'll tell you what, if, if, we, if, we, if we get an early goal, with, with, with these couple of extra bodies that are coming, if we get an early goal on Saturday, you really yeah. have to fancy us. I mean, Northampton, I remember when we got last got promoted to the Championship, we started off the first couple of games, looked quite comfortable, and then had a bit of a, an awakening uh, I think who was it we lost uh, we lost at Nottingham Forest had a bit of an awakening I'm hoping we're going to do that to them uh, so I'm going to go for uh, you say 3-0 I'm going to go 3 as well because yeah. um, uh, you know got to feel positive as, as we go into the uh, the end of the season right we, we've got uh, time running out here so on the, this has been the big match preview I'm going to thank you all for coming in Tom thanks for coming in cheers Louis thank you Nathan cheers Matt Pete it's been a pleasure having you in cheers thanks Louis and uh, I've been Louis Mendes this has been Charlton Live come on you Reds Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.